This week on Mobile First, a conversation with Joanna Herrick, Director of Custom Operations at Trunk Club. Where people, you know, they really turn their life around with how they present themselves. Um, and if, if you think about how you act on a day-to-day basis, even if you're feeling kind of sick or tired, you know, you might wear something a little more comfy instead of dressing up and when really you should do the opposite, right? Your clothes can really impact how you feel. Welcome to Mobile First. This is a weekly podcast that digs into the mobile strategy, user insights, and technology driving the latest in business innovation. This podcast is brought to you by Emerge Interactive. I'm your host, Jordan Bryant. Every week, I talk with today's biggest thought leaders leveraging mobile. We'll gain insights from their experience to help your organization truly become mobile first. In this episode, we explore Trunk Club custom operations with our guest, Joanna Herrick. We'll hear about their experience scaling Trunk Club as a digitally native vertical brand with a closer look at how they've managed to maintain a personalized and custom experience with their members through their internal operations. You'll find bonus tools, expanded information, and key takeaways from this episode on our website, EmergeMobileFirst.com. For a quick and effective way to level up your mobile strategy, again, that's EmergeMobileFirst.com. Joanna started in the men's apparel industry over 12 years ago, primarily in custom clothing. She joined Trunk Club in 2013, heading up operations for their men's custom clothing division. In that time, they have grown to be the second largest retailer of men's custom clothing in the country, using technology to combine a modern interactive experience with this old world craft. Joanna, how about you tell us a little bit more about yourself? I started 12 years ago in a mom and pop shop in Portland, Oregon, actually. And if anyone lives out there, they should check it out because it's incredible. It's called Michael Allen. But I learned alongside a master tailor and so picked up so many things through osmosis and also just managed his store. So I was, you know, processing orders with the manufacturer and all that kind of thing and really gave me a lot of experience on both the front and the back end of the custom clothing industry and set me up beautifully to come to Trunk Club because we were just getting our custom clothing program started here and had some incredible people on the sales side, but not anyone who had really dealt with the back end of processing the orders. And so I was able to apply what I learned at Michael Allen's over those six and a half years um, and bring it here and really build out the whole operations side of the program. So what led you to Mike Lawrence? What got you excited about this industry and, and made you want to continue to pursue it? I actually fell into it a little bit accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> I was a professional French horn player. This may not be a surprise, but the phrase starving artist is a real thing. <laughs> I wasn't making any money. And so I had been supplementing my income by doing bookkeeping in restaurants. And I decided when I was 28 that I really just couldn't afford the life anymore and that I needed to change careers. And um, in the meantime, I'd gotten kind of really into fashion and clothing myself. And so I thought, well, maybe I can take this bookkeeping thing and find a job working in apparel somehow. And I just responded to this ad on Craigslist for this men's custom clothing shop. And, 
you know, was hired as their office manager and bookkeeper. And he said, look, we're so small that if someone's at lunch or on vacation, you're going to have to know how to do this. So I've got to teach you how to sell custom clothing and just started learning alongside him. And, and so I was kind of doing the, both the front and the back. And then the, the company grew and we got a much bigger store. And then we had two stores. And so I ended up kind of doing everything it took to manage that business. But it all kind of happened like that. That's really funny. That's a huge swing, right? Going from uh, playing the French horn to, to falling into this. And I mean, and, and you didn't just fall into it and you, you know, took over operations, but you are in a company now, Trunk Club, that is has some really exciting things happening with operations. And so you, you've taken it, you've become a superstar, I guess, an all-star in terms of sports, right? In, into retail operations. And so what was that, I guess, aha moment or what, what continued to drive you to you know, refine your craft and, and become really good at operations and want to pursue that as a passion? Yeah, well, you know, I'm really lucky at Trunk Club because our executive team is extremely open-minded to letting people just run with something if they're confident and think they can do it. And so I really had their support behind me. But it was great because I landed here at the right time where we were starting off small enough that um, it was sort of this like side project going on at Trunk Club. So we were starting off small enough that the volume at the time was comparable to what I'd been working with and I could build from there. And I just had to move and grow and change really fast because we grew really fast. So, you know, I took a team of three people, including myself, and turned it into a team of 18 people now over the past three years. And we've just scaled up the business, but I'm surrounded by incredible people and people who have worked for major, major companies in this country. And I, I leaned on them, right? When I didn't know how to kind of take things to the next level, I, I just have a great team of people around me and I used their experience and then applied it to the custom clothing industry and got us to where we are today. Yeah. And I, I got a chance to check out your leadership team and it's, it's a decorated leadership team. I actually was uh, interviewing the chief experience officer from Bonobos a couple of weeks ago. And it looks like that's where Brian, the CEO came from. That was yeah. more of his concept. And it's really cool seeing the similarities between Trunk Club and Bonobos and the guide shops and the clubhouses. And, and so it's definitely something that is very interesting. And, you know, maybe we can get into that a little bit later, but as far as, you know, quantifying the expansion and the scaling that took place, you know, you said you went from three to 18 people and then only about three years and what transition took place within Trunk Club. You said you were something that was comparable to what you were currently at, but can you maybe provide uh, some higher level numbers or metrics of, of what that scale entailed so we can kind of get a better vision of that? A couple of things. I mean, primarily it was driven by our sales growing quickly and I had to just keep up on the back end. Yeah. But we, especially early on, our leadership team had a knack for finding just the most unbelievable salespeople really are not only passionate about what we do, but just they just know how to find their own clients and drive a business all on their own. So we had that behind us. And then the company threw a little bit more at custom when we started to realize how well it was doing. And we started to, to really train more of our regular salespeople on how to do custom clothing. And that's when our rapid scale really began. So it was taking this awesome pool of salespeople and giving them this extra tool in their toolbox to go out and do whatever they could with it. I see. And so then when you came in, did you come in as director of custom operations or did you come into something and then based on kind of the demand of the market, it pushed you toward this route and then you ran with it? I guess, how did that evolution take place within Trunk Club? 
they brought me in as a stylist, knowing that I had the background on the back end for custom. But Michael Barkin, who's one of our VP of sales, talked to me during my interview process and just said, there's no other retail platform like Trunk Club out there right now. And in order to support and understand our business, we need to do it. So they brought me in as a stylist and I sold clothing here for four months before I moved into the role that I have. And I'm so glad that I did because even after working in men's clothing for so long, I had never experienced anything like what we're doing here. And there are certain aspects of selling that I had to learn all over again. And now every single thing I build and every decision I make every day, I can see through the lens of the salesperson. And I think it gives me a huge advantage because I think of things on the front end before I've even built something that, you know, I catch things that would be problematic for them before I've even gone and built it because I've lived in their shoes myself. So I think that's a great segue into, you know, what are these things that you focus on? So in a day in day or really just over the course of a month, you know, those core things that you focus on, can you walk us through, you know, what are those main things you focus on, those levers that you pull to really drive that change that you're responsible for? Yeah. So I sort of say that our team has two sides to the business. So what I call internal operations and external operations. Internal operations, I think of as anything that needs to happen inside Trunk Club to facilitate the end-to-end sales process for custom clothing. So anything from working with marketing to get members in the door to begin with, to everything that a sales team needs to facilitate a smooth and wonderful experience to how our members get their clothes at the end of the process. And then external operations, I consider to be any of the logistics that happen with our supply chain and vendors and all of that communication and coordination, you know, which is a lot because when you think about custom as individual garments and it's really, you know, a global effort, whether it's, you know, getting fabric from Europe for one suit um, and getting that to our workroom or whatever it is. So a lot of logistics on both sides, but very different. And so I have two legs of the team that handle each. I think it might be helpful to get a better insight into what the products and services are. And then mm-hmm. how that experience is from the customer side, you know, for those of us that, that don't quite have that insight can just have a better idea of what the experience is like, but then how we can then tie that back into the operation side of it. Absolutely. Custom clothing is pretty much as personal as it can get when it comes to apparel. And our team is trained to take 26 measurements head to toe of your body. And then there are finished garment measurements that play into that. So at the end of the day, you have about 40 measurements to make a piece of clothing. And then we help the member pick out a fabric that they would like to use, whether it's for a suit or a sport coat or something more casual like a flannel shirt or cotton pants. And then we take those measurements and that fabric and personalized conversation with the client on how they like their clothes to fit and that kind of thing. And we work with the fabric suppliers and our workroom to make an individual garment bring it back in and that they have a fitting. And the fitting is really where I consider it to become really custom. That's where the magic happens because it goes onto someone's body. And that's when you can really fine tune, okay, I want a quarter of inch less on your sleeve or take in the waist another half inch and really refine that pattern specifically to their body, handle any alterations that were needed. And then they go home with their clothes. And then those updates um, remain. And we've used some pretty awesome technology that I can tell you about later for that to to really hone in on their pattern so that when they reorder, those alterations don't need to happen again. Very cool. And so as a user, how do I find you? What's what's that main channel that I would engage with you on first? Um, I would say the majority of our members currently are finding us through 
the website because 70% of our business is still through trunks. Gotcha. A lot of members are signing up for the trunk program, not even realizing we do custom. And then as their stylist talks to them on the phone and realizes they live somewhere where we have a clubhouse, then they can have a more personalized experience. Then we introduce them to the custom concept. A lot of it also comes through referrals. A lot of our members send in their friends. Gotcha. Okay. So that's, you engage there and maybe then I would become familiar that there is a, a place near me. I would go in. That's where I have that face-to-face kind of tailored experience. Measurements get taken. And then I come in again and actually try on the garment. Is that right? To refine the tailoring? Correct. Gotcha. Okay. And then once, once that happens, um, as you said, we'll dig into the technology in a little bit, but that's where uh, all these are, are, I guess, associated to my profile to where when I new things come out and I'm interested in other things, that's where those just get applied. So is that kind of the chain of, of operations? Exactly. Really cool. Now that we, I think we have a better picture of what it's like on that trunk club experience and really the different things. We have the trunks, we have the, the custom fitting, the custom experience, and and that being not only online with associating that to a profile, but then also in these clubhouses, which is that, you know, I guess that brick experience. So having that and now understanding kind of where you play in, in this whole grand scheme of things with fulfill, facilitating that experience, you know, what are the things that you think make you great at what you do and allow you to be in that position to be that key player to help drive the, this change? Yeah, well, as I said before, I think one of my biggest advantages is the fact that I do maintain some customers myself and I do sell and I have sold. So every time I'm building a new process or working with our amazing technology team to build a new platform, I can constantly put on my stylist hat and think about it through their lens. So I think that makes a huge difference up front. And then I also just work around the most amazing group of people and they push me all the time to think differently and be more agile and move faster and be more creative. And between, between that experience and the team I'm with, I think that's what, you know, gives Trunk Club a leg up. So I think to reiterate, you're like, you're down in the trenches as well as dealing with overall operations and how that integrates. And so with that, you are, you do like the custom fitting and that, that sort of thing as a stylist. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, I don't do it often, um, you know, because most of my day is spent with the actual selling platform, but I do intentionally maintain some customers specifically so that I can make sure that I'm personally experiencing what we're building. And you can hear other people tell you, hey, something doesn't feel right or it's not working. But when you experience it yourself, it's an aha moment really quickly and um, ideas shoot into my head right away on how to resolve it. So I feel like when I force myself to go into that fitting and really interact with the client myself and use what we're building myself, it's just an extra set of eyes that gets me a faster result, I think. Definitely. I mean, I think that's crucial and a key insight to kind of that secret sauce that allows the innovation pipeline to be filled and, and having that direct connection with uh, the user and the customer. And so I guess how many of these customers do you maintain on a monthly basis or yearly basis or you know, kind of what does that relationship look like and how many? For me personally, I, I really only have... 20 to 30 customers that I keep in my own book of business. So I might do one or two fittings a month, but then I also do jump in and help other salespeople because I've sold custom clothing for a long time. And it is a craft that takes years to hone and you have to see a lot of 
different body types and that sort of thing to identify maybe what alterations need to be done. And so I'll jump in and help other people with their fittings as well if they need extra support. Makes sense. So I found that you were part of developing the internal inventory tracking platform and and that being a, you know a big play to the success of the operations. And so I'm curious, you know, how has that impacted uh, Trunk Club? And can you tell us a little bit about the technology? I didn't need anything like this at Mike Lounge because we were small enough, but now we have 200 salespeople just for custom. We have seven different clubhouses, so you need to know what's where. So we created a system that has every single garment has a unique identifier and with a scannable barcode. And um, as soon as a sale is processed in our point of sale system, it is sent over to this system we built internally called Swatch. And so every garment is listed out under that client and also by receipt. So for example, if he's purchased a million times, one receipt may have two suits and a sport coat on it. And that's, you know, segregated so that you can see that one order. And then we use an API with our workroom to update production status so that if the member calls in at any given moment, they can get a status on where their garment is and when we might have it ready for them. And that also attaches to our billing for deposits. You know, if they paid a 50% deposit and they're going to pay the balance when they receive it, as soon as the system sees that the client has received all of their garments, we know we can go ahead and take their balance. It's just attached to a whole bunch of different things. So it sounds like you have like a, a seamless integration across the entire supply chain and the data and the insights from the different components of the supply chain integrated together allow you to really elevate and allow you to scale. Is that kind of what I'm taking from it or is how would you elaborate on that? Yeah, I think that's close. I think um, what you described is, is our end game and we're almost there. We do have a couple of systems that we use that don't talk to each other yet and we are actually working right now on getting that to be even more seamless. So for right now, it's certainly different and better than anything I've seen anywhere else in the custom clothing industry, but there are certain touch points that are a little bit manual and we're constantly working to automate that and get it to be more efficient. You know, I think a lot of companies in the retail industry are looking to go as digital as possible and digital so, so fast moving is sometimes it's hard to keep up and you know, a lot of, I have conversations, a lot of, you know, where do we start first and um, looking at the different components, you know, from your experience and how you've integrated so much and you're still, you know, obviously looking to push to integrate more, what components would you advise, you know, integrating first or that when you integrated, you saw the biggest impact. And now that you've integrated so many retroactively looking back, which ones would you innovate first and connect first and make that investment to digital first on? Yeah, that's a really great question that's going to go a little bit in a direction that's uh, deeper for me in that I think one of the things that makes Trunk Club really powerful is being really cognizant of where digital makes sense and where you need human connection. You know, this is something that there's a lot of e-commerce out there that doesn't offer this, right? We have a stylist and anytime a customer wants to reach a stylist, they have a human being that is there just for them that knows their entire wardrobe knows what they need, knows their wife's names and their kids' names or what events they like to go to or whatever. And they can really make their wardrobe part of their whole life. Mm. And, you know, you think about other websites you may go on to where suddenly they're suggesting products at you because you already bought something or whatever, but it's not ever anything you'd ever want to buy, right? And so companies try to use 
technology and going digital to drive sales, but it really takes the personal aspect out of it. So I've had a pretty good lesson from our tech team in, you know, figuring out where technology enhances the experience, not just replaces it and being cognizant of when it makes sense and when it doesn't. Gotcha. So in trying to pull that apart a little bit and dissect, you know, kind of what those drivers are, uh, would you say that it's, you know, the technology capturing that personal data and then using that to provide a personal experience to start or more so looking at it, you know, broader and then I guess, how would you approach providing that personal experience and ensuring that that personal element, personable element doesn't get taken away and kind of get lost in the noise? Yeah. I mean, we start our whole process with the member by asking them questions, right? They tell us who they are and what they need and what they want and what they like. Tell us about their life. And we learn about them first directly from them, not just using technology to try and pick apart what their buying habits are, right? We learn about their whole life. And then we capture all of that with every transaction. And I don't know if you've seen all of the user interface that we have, but we've got this amazing mobile device where a customer's entire wardrobe is on his iPhone and he can literally be standing in front of his closet and his stylist has already put together outfits for him so that he can stand there and say, oh, these pants go with this shirt and this sweater and he can just put it all together. And that's an enhancement, right? That that makes his life easier. And it makes the salesperson's life easier because they can see what he has and what he doesn't. And they can find the holes in his wardrobe and figure out where they're going to provide for a need rather than just throwing ideas at him. Right. That makes sense. And you pointed out, you know, it starts with uh, the customer and really getting to know them first, which is kind of offline, but then using technology to enable that deeper experience. And so can you give some examples of what those questions, some of those questions that you're asking that kind of provide that X factor of getting to know the customer? There's sort of two parts to it. When you first sign up online for a trunk, you're going to be walked through some questions about what your style is, what your sizes are, what kinds of things you're looking for. Um, But then you're immediately going to get a phone call from a stylist within 24 hours. And they're going to ask you more questions. What do you do for work? What do you do during the day? What do you already wear? What's your favorite item in your closet? And why is it your favorite? You know, all kinds of things that are going to point that stylist toward what this person's truly going to enjoy, what's going to fit them well, um, what they already have, what they need. And all of that is then captured in their profile. Really cool. And so then you have that technology there to supplement that so that that's where you're entering in all that data. And how does the technology then translate into those next steps? And, and how is it utilized to really provide that next level experience after that call and after that initial experience? Yeah, from there, I mean, it kind of depends then on which direction you're going with us, if you're going toward trunks or if you're going toward custom clothing. But from a ready-to-wear standpoint, the stylist uses a platform online where they can pack trunks that's similar to online shopping, but internal. And then you can send the customer a virtual version of their trunk where they can see what you've packed in it. And they can say, no, I don't think I'll want this. But yes, I like this shirt. Do you have any other colors? And then that gives the stylist a chance to edit the trunk and personalize it even more before they ship it out. And then from a custom clothing aspect, this is where you know we would need you to come in in person because we need to measure you, right? So we need a physical presence. But this is where we get into what I think is the most 
amazing technology in the custom clothing industry right now, which is our iOS app. So we built an iPad app that walks us through the process of taking someone's measurements and all the design details for designing their garment. And it can be as interactive as the client wants and really take something that has operated for ever on paper and fax machine and has turned it digital and interactive. And I think is really special to what we're doing. So, you know, you focused on a lot and getting it to where it is now. And uh, I'm curious, you know, what's your main focus for making the next big impact for Trunk Club? I'm going to focus on custom here, but I think probably our biggest area for improvement in the experience right now is communication and really almost catching up to ready to wear. I mean, I think, you know, ready to wear even outside of Trunk Club, people are buying online all the time. And that platform is pretty familiar to everyone. But custom clothing, as I mentioned a minute ago, has still been very antiquated. There's a lot of stores all over the country that are still faxing in orders. And once you place an order, it's kind of a black hole until you get your garment. And I'd really love to see us leverage some of the amazing things that we've already built into our ready-to-wear platform with the wardrobe I described and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So customers can can go and see, oh, this is what I purchased. I have a hot pink plaid sport coat on its way. <laughs> <laughs> Stylist, help me pair this with some of the stuff in my ready-to-wear closet so that I know how to wear it. And they can stay excited about it until it gets there. And then they can really start to pair it with the rest of their wardrobe, just making the whole experience even more personal. I think the other thing that I'm really excited about figuring out is, and I know there are a lot of different companies playing with this idea right now, but men are very visual and looking at a little swatch of fabric that's whatever, you know, three inches by five inches, it's really hard for clients to picture the garment. So finding a great way to help them visualize that themselves in it on the front end before they've even made the purchase, I think is going to be the next big enhancement in custom clothing. So do you know, do you have any examples of somewhere where they've done it really good from the experience of purchasing to delivery and what happens in between? You know, what comes to my mind is like even Uber or the Domino's app, right? When you order a pizza and you see like where it's going through the process of getting built and when you can expect it. Uh, have you seen in retail like a, an example of, you know, someone that's, that's kind of figured that out or is doing something cool that, that you're interested in. And it might not even be in retail, but just a good example of that. That's funny. We actually talk about the Domino's Pizza app all the time. <laughs> we really do. That's exactly what we want to provide. And um, there are a couple of custom clothiers out there right now that will send you kind of like an automated email update during the production process. Uh, but again, there's nothing out there right now that's visual. They might say, you know, hey, we're cutting the cloth for your garment and it's still on time and you'll get it in three weeks. But the guy still can't remember what it looks like, what color it is, anything like that. And so I think it's really combining that triggered communication with that visual component that's going to make it really special. And hopefully we get there first. Yeah, I'm interested to see uh, what you guys do there because, I mean, you're making advances with that supply chain really fast. And I think it's now and the data is there, right? It's just tapping into it and having it have that visual component. And what's really interesting about that Domino's app, and I don't know if you know, uh, but it's, it's not connected to any supply chain at all. It's just uh, averages of time because there, there's no person employee that's like, oh, I'm about to put cheese on this pizza and they're pushing a button to like let 
let, let the system know that they're putting cheese on the pizza, but it has, you know, the average process of making a pizza and delivering it within X amount of range is like 30 minutes. And so it, it then backlogs how long things might take to assemble the pizza. But so there's really no backend thing taking place as far as operations, but from the user perspective, it provides that extra element of an experience, right? Just that transparency, I guess, perception, I guess. But yeah, interested to see what you guys do there. And as people start to catch on to that, and I think Uber is another great example of that, you know, how, how these new ideas are kind of going to surface around that same thinking. Yeah. You know, Trunk Club has done some amazing things to scale like they have. I'm curious, you know, what you think the biggest hurdle is for, for other companies that, that are, have tried to do this or really even in you guys doing it, what was one of the bigger things that in achieving the scale that you have that was with that initial hurdle that once you got over things, things st- started to happen? Yeah, I'll answer two parts to that. So some hurdles that other companies hit, I think, you know, kind of is different if you're a 100-year-old company or if you're a 60-year-old company. You know, the older companies I've worked with, they're just, they're just not as agile, right? It's hard to mobilize. It's hard to move fast. And as you pointed out earlier, technology is moving so fast these days that it's really hard for these companies who have been around for a long time and they have whatever, 20,000 employees to, to move fast and keep up. And then on the flip side, you've got new companies like us who are only six years old and three years old for custom. And I think sometimes, kind of as I alluded to earlier, sometimes companies default to going too far into technology and they've taken all the personal experience out of it. And it's finding that blend in the middle. I think for us, it was really making sure on the custom side that we had enough people trained fast enough because it's really hard. You have to learn how to measure. You have to wait several weeks till garments come back and you have to see all these examples on different people and learn over a long period of time. You know, it took me a good year to feel like I really had a handle, a good handle on selling this product. And for custom, it's really hard to train people fast enough to scale this fast. So we went from a six-month program to a three-month program, and it's very intensive. People are sitting in a classroom for, you know, eight hours a day for a month learning, and then they're going out in the field and, and with a more experienced person and practicing. But it's really hard to train that many people that fast on something that takes a long time to learn hands-on. And for custom clothing specifically, that was the hardest part. We have leveraged technology to help with that, the iOS app that I mentioned. Built logic into that iOS app to help. So for example, there's standard body ratios, like someone's shirt sleeves and jacket sleeves are generally 10 to 11 inches apart from each other. So if someone who's brand new at custom goes to measure some, uh, enter someone's measurements in the app, they're outside that threshold, a pop-up will pop up to say, hey, this is not a standard body measurement. You might want to double check it. And things like that to really help make sure that we're you know, catching anything that could be problematic on the front end. Definitely for custom training that quickly is the big, was the biggest challenge for scale, I think. That is awesome. Yeah, so it sounds like the bigger thing then was education so that everyone across the organization that was on that front end had kind of that uniform knowledge base. Mm-hmm. And, and it's cool how you, that you brought up the iOS app and how it enabled, I would say even some bumper rails, right? They were like yeah. picking up bowling. They're like bumper rails for, to help with that education process so that really it's just those, those fine tweaks to that process allowed people to, I think, be more uniform in the approach. So it sounds like the first thing was, was education so that everyone had that knowledge base to provide that high quality experience 
And what do you think is going to be, I guess, that next evolution that's going to allow, you know, the next expansion or scale or, um, I guess, the next elevation of the experience? Do you think it's going to be education? Is it going to be further advancing the iOS app to enable the education? Or is it more so, you know, adding an experience like you were talking about in between the purchase and delivery? And is that going to be within the app? So I guess what is what is that thing that's that's coming next that you think is going to help elevate and continue this growth and, and scale? I think actually the biggest one is supply chain, just because now we've gone to a new level of volume that you know, we have to make sure that our workrooms can keep up with the volume that we're giving. Mm -hmm. So that's our main focus right now is making sure that that is stable and ready to handle what we know is coming on the sales front. We have had awesome partners so far that did a great job growing with us and we need to make sure that it stays that way. So that's our main focus right now. Obviously, you know, you can deliver an awesome experience, but at the end of the day, if the product's not there, you know, you're not going to keep growing. And so we want to make sure that we have an awesome supply chain that's stabilized to continue putting out an amazing product that we're proud of at the volume that we're throwing at it. That's probably the number one thing. So has mobile affected the way that you're approaching the digital infrastructure for the supply chain? It has in some regards. This iOS app is magical and pretty much does everything I could ever dream And it does some really interesting things. If you talk to anyone in the clothing, custom clothing industry, they're going to tell you one of their biggest pain points is what's called fabric outs, which is that by the time your order reaches the workroom, the fabric has already sold out and is no longer available, even though your customer individually picked it out just for himself. And again, you know, all of the retailers are still very antiquated. And so you know, once a week, you'll get a list faxed over of fabric numbers that you need to go cut out of these fabric books. And it's very tedious and manual, and there's still a long delay. And our technology team was able to work with our workroom to build an API that would pull in those fabric statuses automatically. So that at any moment, if you type in a fabric number into our iOS app, it'll say in stock or out of stock. And just completely stops you on the front end from selling something to a customer that's already sold out. And it sounds like a little thing, but it, it takes a lot of pain for both the, custom, the customer and the salesperson out of the process. So I guess, how did you identify that pain point? Because there's, you know, any organization, right? There's so many problems. There's always problems. There's always things being worked on within a business. How did you map this out and determine, okay, this is, we need an app and this app needs to solve this pain point. You know, fabric outs touches everyone. It's uh, it's problematic for the suppliers. It's problematic for the salespeople, for the customer, and for the operations team. And it's just this whole process of having to, you know, get all the fabrics um, removed from the book is very time-consuming and not really super efficient. Then, you know, you don't want to lose sales on the front end. So a lot of it is personal experience from everyone working together. And a lot of it is metrics that we have through... We do a lot of our, track a lot of our order processing through the program Salesforce. Mm -hmm. We're able to code problems. And so we get a chart emailed to me every morning of our orders and why they're not going through and why they're getting delayed in the process so that we can see what types of issues are stopping an order from getting put through in a timely fashion. And so those metrics really help me focus in on what our biggest stop gaps are and where I need to go make a solution. Gotcha. So you already have the technology in place. It's aggregating all the problems. And then these problems, I guess, are then being filtered and bucketed 
so that you can mm-hmm. see like here's kind of the biggest pain point at the moment and then that I guess does that prompt like a monthly meeting or is it just kind of like when something comes up and it's like oh this is a big problem like tomorrow we need to have a meeting I guess how, what's what's the process like to ensure that the, the changes are being made at an appropriate amount of time so that you know that it's you're progressing at a pace that that makes sense yeah good question I think especially when you scale fast new problems are popping up all the time right, right. So, exponentially even right yeah so the first thing is this coding system I talked about in Salesforce that really starts with the custom operations team so I have an amazing group of people that are processing these orders every day and they're they sit at one table all together and they're talking all the time about what they're seeing and so if all of a sudden something starts popping up that they're not used to that's causing a problem, they tell each other. And we're very cautious to just be super reactionary and, you know, oh, it's happened twice. Now it's a major problem. We don't want to do that. But if something is clearly becoming systemic very fast, we can go back into Salesforce and add a flag for that type of issue so that it comes up on the reporting I was talking about. And when we've identified something as systemic, we can jump on it pretty fast. That is the nice thing about being in a young, smaller company is that I don't have to wait for a monthly meeting or anything like that. If I have a problem and I know how to go fix it, I can just go fix it. And so we're, we're pretty fast to act once we've identified an issue. You know, I'm interested in what you're anticipating the future of men's custom clothing entailing uh, with these um, awesome innovations that are on your guys' roadmap with the supply chain and really with the evolution of your iOS app. Taking that and how fast things are moving there and, you know, with your intuition there, what you're anticipating the future looking like. Some of it I've already referred to a little bit, but this whole concept of visualization and just a member already being able to picture themselves in their garment and what it's going to look like finished. I know there's there are a lot of different custom clothiers out there playing around with this idea and, and how to do it. And I do think that that's going to be a, a major one. We're going to see it happen from someone, hopefully us first. But I think... There is a danger in the custom clothing industry of using digital where it doesn't belong. There's a lot of companies that are using these machines that you step into and it measures for you and and is supposed to give these really precise measurements and everything. And um, I would just say, you know, or there's other ones who just say like, hey, take pictures of yourself on your cell phone at home and email them in and we'll make you custom clothing. And, you know, it's just there is a point where you have to identify that gray area in the art form of custom clothing and really looking at every single body uniquely and differently and knowing how to adjust a pattern for that. So I think there are certain companies that, you know, can go off the deep end in digital and maybe lose some of the romance of custom and what, what makes it really work. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think that's my personal opinion. I don't think ultimately that's the way to go, even though a lot of people are pursuing that right now. I, I really think it's more the visualization area. So visualization is a little bit difficult too when thinking of just the form factor of mobile, right? And how right now a lot of the users are, are making that transition and a lot of purchases are being had through that mobile form factor. And yeah. so I guess, how are you anticipating with this trend going toward mobile, but at the same time, visualization having that be a little bit more of a robust experience on a smaller form factor, I guess, have you thought through kind of what that would be like or, or how mobile would supplement like an omni-channel experience with, with the visualization? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start saying like pie in the sky dreams and then later my <laughs> tech team is going to yell at me for saying this on the podcast. But no, I think it would be awesome if ultimately, you know, there could be like, a guy could like take a picture of himself on his iPhone, like a selfie, basically full body. 
and then pick out fabrics and have those apply to the clothes he's wearing so that he can literally see a picture of himself standing in a finished garment before he's even purchased it. I think that'd be so cool. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, because, you know, it's hard. It's hard to throw down. Custom clothing is not inexpensive. And if you're throwing down $1,000 on something and you can't even picture what it's going to look like when it's on you, it's tough. So, yeah, I think, you know, ideally he'd have it right on his phone. And then, again, that would go into his wardrobe and it would match up with everything else he, he owns and um, really help complete that whole experience. Well, thank you, Joanna. That kind of wraps up this core segment here. And just to be mindful of everyone's time, I'd like to jump into some rapid fire questions. Sure. All right. So, you know, being that you're integrated with so many different departments and, and you, you know, you're still on the front lines and in the trenches, sometimes you really see everything from ideation to fulfillment and all the way through. Uh, so would you put more emphasis on the idea or the execution? And then how would you weigh each and why? I would say execution for sure. Um, you know, we sit in rooms all day brainstorming and coming up with cool ideas, thinking we're really smart, but if they don't work well and if it doesn't improve the Trump Club experience for our sales team and our members, then it really doesn't matter what we came up with. So new ideas are important because it keeps things fresh and it allows for improvement. But at the end of the day, it has to work in order to impact your business. Love that. So if you were to, if you were to give them a percentage of weight, what would you say? I don't know. Uh, I would say execution's 75%. It's got to be there. Uh, What has been your biggest learning lesson on your journey in men's clothing so far? I'm learning every day while I'm here. But I think number one, I would just say, never get super attached to your work. Just get attached to what works. Ah, that's like, I like that. It's got a good good ring to it. I'm going to have to quote that. (laughs) I mean, you know, you, you work really hard and you get possessive of what you came up with. And then if it's not the best option, you have to just be able to drop it and move on or start over. And it can be really hard to let go of something you've worked really hard on. Um, but, you know, if there's something that works better, you got to go with that. How about your favorite business related book? Ah, The Tipping Point. <laughs> the Tipping Point. All right. What's the give me the sale. Give me the pitch. You know, I think it's just understanding that it's hard to describe the tipping point without using the phrase, but that tipping point into what makes something scale so fast, like Trunks Pub did. Like, how do you find that secret sauce for whatever it is that you're selling or that you're working with? It's just going to tip something over the edge and it's going to really take off. Awesome. It's in my Amazon cart and I'll make sure to link it in the show notes page so everyone can take a look. And then, uh, Joanna, how about your favorite digital resource? Oh, my, my answer to this is going to be embarrassing, but I am not a tech person at all. So, our tech team is my favorite digital resource. I'm grateful <laughs> to them. They, I think that they, um, I can't remember what major company uses this tagline, but you dream it, we build it. Um, that should be their tagline. They can do anything. So obviously we can't tap into that digital resource. Is there, is there, any, <laughs> is there any other sort of like online resource or, or anything that you look to for like trends, information that you find useful? Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like I have a, a good one to mention for you. No problem. And then lastly, what is your favorite mobile app and why? Well, I'm a totally addicted to Hotlook. And um, that's very apropos to this conversation because it's online shopping and retail. But I think it's really smart in every aspect. The sales perspective is smart. I get sent new ideas every day for things I didn't even know I need. And suddenly I find myself buying it. So from a sales perspective, they do great. 
And then it's a super easy process for me. I can constantly tell where my order is at. I can get information on it at any time. Returns are super easy. They like never make a mistake with me. So I, I don't know, 90% of my wardrobe at this point is from that app. And I think they do a great job. And then what is the coolest thing you're working on right now that you're able to let everyone know about? That communication process I talked to you about and um, making it visual and seamless. So the enhanced trunk club version of our Domino's pizza delivery app. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one I can talk to you about. So, you know, if, if we wanted to get in touch with you and learn more and, and chat, uh, what's the best way to reach you? Yeah, feel free to email me, joanna at trunkclub.com, J-O-A-N-N-A. And I would love to hear from anybody. All right, so check out trunkclub.com and feel free to reach out directly to Joanna. Joanna, thank you so much uh, for the time. It was absolute pleasure chatting. Great, thanks. This is great. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Join us next for a conversation with Scott Emmons, head of Digital Innovation Lab for the Neiman Marcus Group. We're going to dig into Scott's experience leading up to Neiman Marcus and his journey in creating a digital innovation lab for Neiman Marcus Group. We'll take a closer look at some of the technology they're working on today, including how MemoMe Memory Mirror is being applied. And I'm always happy to be a resource in any way that I can. So visit EmergeMobileFirst.com to reach out to me directly or for additional insights, resources, and bonus tools that can help catapult your organization to the next level. Until next time, think mobile first.